0: okay hi everybody is elliot fishman and um as you can see behind me all my toys and all those other things so i am at home today I'm working from home so i'll do my facebook live from home and i hope everyone's doing well i have a sore throat which is actually just sounds worse than it really is um i feel fine but um if i cough just uh, ignore it so um Hope everyone is having a good week. This is the first week of the new year. Hope everybody is uh, very careful. Um, You know, with a million new cases a day of COVID, with every hospital system being overwhelmed by patients being admitted, it's quite a challenge. I mean, we have a lot of CT techs who are out sick. Uh, We were really good till this week or so. Um, The good news, I guess, in terms of rules, If you've been vaccinated from the time of symptoms till the time you can return to work is only five days. So before it was 10 days, now it's five days. So that makes a a big difference in terms of staffing and everything. Um, I know a lot of places, it depends where you are, they're decreasing the amount of elective surgeries. I think um, a lot of the places which we have more patients in-house now with COVID than we had during the worst of COVID in 2020. So There's a lot more patients. The good news, the patients aren't as sick. When I see the scans, I see a lot of lung disease, the classic mosaic patterns, the crazy paving patterns, very classic for COVID pneumonia. But the good news is I'm not seeing what I saw before, which was those extensive retroperitoneal bleeds and the patients with thrombosis, all of those really bad complications that had high morbidity and high mortality. Um, as you know, and has been said many times, and I'm not gonna go through this in any detail, the majority of patients who end up in the hospital, 90% or more are non-vaccinated patients. So if you've been vaccinated, which means three, not two, the two plus the um, booster, if you have all three, then if you get COVID, which is, can happen, I can tell you firsthand it can happen, you're not going to be really sick it'll be just the cold you're not going to be admitted to the hospital if you don't get your vaccines or you don't get your booster again 90 percent or so of the patients who are in the hospital in the icus are unvaccinated patients so again um, i know people have reasons why they don't want to get vaccinated but i'm here to say you know rethink your policy rethink what you're doing and get vaccinated it's safe and it could save your life and um, we need to stop the spread. I guess the only thing I'm hopeful about is with so many people catching, uh, because this um, variant of the virus, the good thing is it's very catchable, but it's not as, or making people as sick, would be that perhaps, just perhaps, everyone would get sick and you'd have herd immunity. Because when you have 30% of the population refusing to get vaccinated, it makes it very, very hard For us to get over this and we cannot afford to be sitting here waiting for vaccine after vaccine or waiting for the fact that the next variation of covid could actually be much worse (coughs) than the current one we have so again you you know we just need to really move forward and i think everybody I, i admit we're no different than anybody else everybody is tired this conversation about covid of where you are and where you're not going and where you can't go whether it's to meetings or vacations or visiting people everyone has had enough of this and everyone is tired but we need to get through it because if not instead of it taking two years or three years two years already almost it's going to take 15 years okay you know that's really scary but we need to figure out how we can get around it and how we can get through it all. So I think that becomes very, very important. And we, you know, we need to really get that down to a science. Um, other things, So I, what, I, what I was gonna speak about this week is contrast. Now, <coughs> I mentioned this before that with COVID, with masks and everything, patients weren't getting PO contrast because nobody wants to take the mask off, have people drink, you're afraid of, people spreading germs, which is a really reasonable thing. And then as COVID was slowing down, we started reinforcing to the technologists the importance of giving oral contrast. Even if you only gave one cup, but when the patient was about to get on the table, it would extend the stomach and small bowel and really be helpful. (coughs) So I'm here to tell you, I know that COVID is a problem, but you need to try your best to have patients drink oral contrast. If you're having a lot of ER abdominal pain, if you don't give oral contrast, even giving it at the time of the study, 500 cc's, you get the stomach distended and the proximal duodenum, jejunum even, uh, then you get rid of the ability to misdiagnose or not diagnose ulcer disease or gastric masses. People just don't comment on the stomach. But they say the stomach looks normal, but I don't know if it looks normal. The stomach looks thickened. Is that thickened, as in pathology, or thickened because it's not distended? You need distension. And if you don't want to give positive contrast, at least use water. We use the bottles. You don't need to use pre-mixed. You know, um, G G makes the Omnipaque bottles. We use the nine-gram nine iodine bottles. It's, it's just a screw top. You just open it up. People drink it. There's no mixing. People don't need to worry about contamination or sharing or things being in big batches. It works out very nicely. We also use water. Water is a great agent for many things, particularly if you're looking for GI bleeding. Uh, Surely positive is great, especially if you're looking for fistula. For GI bleeding or for dedicated CT enterography, we were using a little bit of Volumen, which goes under another name now, but I was never that pleased with Volumen. I think they changed the formula because a lot of people were very sensitive to it and would get diarrhea, but I think the new mix wasn't as good, so that was a problem. but patients hated it. It tasted terrible. They just weren't happy with it. That was a big problem. Um, There's a new agent, Breeza, which people have used with MR. We use the Breeza for um, basically as replacement for uh, Volumen. What you want to do is the Breeza bottles. It tastes not too bad. Patients do tolerate it well. They're 500 cc bottles. So what you want to do is give a patient a bottle at time zero, and they drink it. You like to drink it straight down if you can. Then you wait 20 minutes. Then you give the patients a second bottle. That's a thousand cc's now, and you wait 20 minutes. You can then give the patient a cup of water that extends the stomach a bit better and do the study. Some people have given patients a third cup of Brisa. I think that's probably unnecessary. So two cups of Brisa and then water So you're scanning them in about 50 minutes, you know, 20, 20, and let's say 10, 50 minutes after you started the study. That works pretty nicely. Um, I haven't done too many cases, but the cases seem to work very well. You have good distension of the small bowel, so you're able to look at good enhancement of the bowel wall, and I think it works well. I read a few articles, patient tolerance is good. Patient tolerance is far better Then if you look at uh, Volumen, where the thing really tasted poor, um, I've tasted Volumen, it was really yucky. I have not tasted, It sounds like a scientific term, I've not tasted Bresa, so I can't personally say it's good or bad, but um, we've been keeping tabs, we ask our patients what they think, and I think all the patients have said it's been pleasant, it's been fine, they had no problem drinking it. So that's a small number of patients, and that's kind of not the world's greatest poll, but at least it does give us a little bit of feel as to what's going on. So that works out very, very nicely. So I think uh, those are the two agents we're using now. Again, I think on COVID two years of lack of CME and being overwhelmed and busy and doing a great job under difficult situation is what all of you guys have done. But I think things tend to get a little bit sloppy. I think we all know that. Um, People are overwhelmed, they're overworked, they're tired. And so I was saying a year ago, as we were getting out of COVID hopefully, we need to make certain we reinforce the rules. Well, we're not out of COVID yet and it may take another year, but I think you really need to do the best you can in trying to bring back and do the things correctly. I think, you know, patient care, quality of care is dependent on us doing the right studies the right way And if you don't do it the right way, you're not gonna make the diagnosis. So it becomes very, very important. And again, I know it's tough times, and it's tough times that really um, make you think about being more careful and getting things right the first time. So I know that our techs, and I'm sure the techs who are listening on the call, or your techs, if you're radiologists, I think need a little bit of encouragement and uh, For a job well done and well deserved, but it is somewhat challenging. So I'm not going to belabor that point, but I will say that's indeed the case. Um, We are doing vercolons. You know, I think one of the problems is um, some of the places now aren't doing colonoscopies because of um, you know room utilization and uh, anesthesia and things like that. So we've done a little bit more vercolons, which. Has been a challenge we're trying to expand the number of people know how to do vercolons but you know the acr courses have been diminished uh well not diminished they haven't occurred right so uh they, they've not been done i don't do it with my hair here but they've not been done so i don't know when they're going to be done so we'll see and let's see we got people online we have uh i see lydiana's calling in from uh, palo alto hey lydiana um Lydiana worked with me as my admin for a number of years. Lidiana now works for, I won't name the person, but I'll just tell you that the person won the Nobel Prize in medicine. So I think she took a big step up from working with us. And um, Madhavardra, we'll say hi to him and we'll say hi to uh, uh, John. John's in body CT today. Hey John, make sure I got enough ribbon in the three Ds. I'll pick him up tomorrow. Hey, just inside story. Breeza for neutral imaging is the product with the cellulose as opposed to regular Breeza. Okay, yeah, there is a few different, uh, it's a good point. So you, you there's a few different Breeza of, uh, yeah, they make it for regular CT, but we don't use that. We use the Omni, which I think is a lot better. But the is good for this, um, the uh, neutral imaging and it's, it goes by different names. Um, so that's a good point. So when you order it, just be very careful. Uh, for ordering the right thing. And uh, there's only a couple articles I did look up. Um, there's a couple articles published by the company where they worked with one radiologist. So there's only about two or three articles I saw, but they explain it a little bit. But the 2020 seems to work really nicely. Let me see what else. If anyone has any questions, this is a great time to ask me any questions. Uh, John, what's happening in CT today? Are we busy? Uh, John's hanging in there. We're really tight on techs in the hospital. Uh John must be at lunch, you know, hopping online. Uh but um yeah, it's it's a real challenge. I think probably your hospitals uh, like ours, um, you know, we're short on techs, we're very busy, a lot of hours, a lot of off hours. We're short in every part. I think everybody is short nursing, everybody is short escorts, you know, people to move patients around, people to help with transit. I did read some notes this morning that there's no shortage of administrators. So, um, it's unbelievable there's no shortage of administrators so uh, if you really think oh my god we're short everything you're not short administrators there's a lot more administrators than there need to be maybe they should get the administrators to do other stuff but don't say I said that we love our administrators of course but anyway um, there is a challenge um, let me see what else um, we are starting uh, I will tell you that we are hey Meg Fines. I saw Meg uh, the one meeting I went to, or one of two meetings I went to was in San Diego, and I saw Meg there. Meg's out of New Jersey, I think now. Um, uh, we are gonna, we have been working um, research-wise. We've been doing a lot of AI stuff, which we've been doing with Garden Foundation. Um, we're, that's gonna be a big part of what we do in 2022, and maybe we'll have some talks about that. Um, we are doing a really, um, I think we're doing a pretty good job We've been working with another, an outside company that has tremendous talent. And as soon as the contract is signed, they'll be able to speak about it. But that's very exciting. I think, um, you know, what, AI is going to be big. It's becoming big. I know many of you probably have some AI in your hospital already. And it's going to be the main theme of radiology for the next five to 10 years. The key, of course, is making sure that AI really benefits what we do, that it really helps us in terms of productivity, in terms of accuracy in terms of quality. And I think the good news is that it has the opportunity to do all of the above. So I think that part's pretty exciting. So I am very um, comfortable that I think we're moving in the right direction. In some ways, uh, things always take longer than you think to get where you need to go, but I think they are getting there. It's just a few big leaps. You know, you have the company like Nvidia, AMD, Microsoft, Google, Apple, Facebook, you know, the best of the best, all involved in uh, AI for medicine, I think that's the surest way, you know, things are going to get done well um, and get done soon because all of them are companies, not that they're for profit, but companies that are in business, they're on the stock exchange, they need to explain to shareholders how they invest their money and they need to show if we're investing, there's a return on investment. Companies that are publicly held are not charities, right? They need to report to the shareholders who own the companies. And so what you need to do is say, well, here's what we're doing, here's why we're doing it, and here's why it's gonna change the world. You look now at Nuance, which was just bought out. It's almost official by Microsoft. You can see that's a 20 million, $20 billion purchase, and Microsoft needs to get their money back. So they're gonna do some great stuff with Nuance, which has done a lot of the voice dictation. You know, can you build the voice dictation to recognition, to AI, all of the things. And Nuance has been pivoting in that direction for a number of years but this is their opportunity to really get tremendous um, tremendous strength in doing that so those are kind of the main things let me see if anything else Uh, that's probably about it we um, do a speaker series at Hopkins I'm going to be starting that up again in February so that'll be kind of cool Um, Marla Kaplowitz who spoke with us about six years ago will be there We wrote this great article, uh, Linda Chu and Steve Rowe, that many of you have seen. We wrote with Linda Carter, who was the uh, original Wonder Woman, was published in JSCR about a month ago, got a lot of good visibility talking about empathy. It's a great article to read and we're down to about our 70th speaker already uh, over the past seven or eight years. So that's very exciting. And with that, I'll say thank you to everybody. You can see all my toys in the background and I hope everybody has a great day. And uh, we'll see you next week. And I probably will talk a little bit next week about some of the changes coming to CT us, some of the things we're looking at doing, and looking for your comments in helping us do them well. And with that, have a great morning or afternoon or evening, wherever you are. Bye-bye.